think to that point when you are give yourself room to change and adapt and morph, you're become you're ultimately at the end of the day you're becoming more yourself, which is kind of yeah. a beautiful thing. You know, sure. like you're you're learning more about what you love or what you hate, um, what you're yeah. good at, what you're not good at, and that whole process of like self refinement, I think is kind of it's like the gift of the universe right like every yeah. new experience that you have you're just becoming more hopefully if you're listening to yourself or you're becoming more you all right yes hey is this thing is this thing recording is this thing on uh how, whoa hey how you guys doing there this is uh yeah yeah this is your old buddy this is Corey Lovin. you're you're at the right place if you click that link right uh, this is a little p- art and design kind of design and illustration podcast called Tangents, right? Um, it's a podcast where I talk to professional graphic designers, illustrators, artists, um, musicians maybe. Why am I saying that? There's no musicians that have been on here yet, but the, there there might be. You know, I'm trying to keep it open, right? You know what I mean? Well, anyways, okay, this is my little, uh, welcome, welcome, are you seated? Are you sitting down? You might want to sit down right now. (laughs) Uh, This is a weird beginning. Uh, yeah, this is my little monologue here, right, where I kind of talk about how my day is going, how, how your day is going, how your, how your grandparents' day is going, I don't know, how are they doing? Have you called them? Have you called them recently? Uh, well, hopefully they're still alive. I, I don't mean to bring up a sore subject. I'm sorry about that if, uh, if that's the case. Uh, you know, my, my grandparents are all gone and, and we, we miss them. We miss them, you know? Yeah, Melvin, Melvin and Peggy, you know? Yeah, Nelson, that's my mom's grandparents, right? My mom's parents, excuse me, is my grandparents, but, um... Those are great names, man, aren't they? We don't you don't really get names like that anymore these days, man. Although it's coming back, maybe it's like uh, fashion and shit. You know what I mean? Twenty years later, you'll see little nuggets, little parents calling their little nuggets Melvin and uh, Sheldon. That's my dad's name, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, good, good people. Anyways, uh, well, wh- where are we going with this? Um, well, I, I could tell you guys a story. I never really, sometimes I tell stories in these opening monologues, right? You know, uh, I might as well, right? I don't know. Uh, well, there, there, I got a list. I got a bucket, got a, not a bucket list. What the hell? It's a, it's a list that I tell people at, uh, bars or bar mitzvahs or, uh, you know, pool halls or jail cells, where, wherever. But I, uh, I, I have a little list and, uh, I have a little set list, if you will. You know, I started writing them down because I start forgetting all of them. But um, there's this one that I haven't said yet on this show, uh, and I'll I'll say it right now. I'd tell you the title, but um, it kind of gives the spoiler, the punchline of the story. So I think I need to think of a new title for it. You know what I mean? Otherwise, people know what know know what the sh- then why listen, right? All right. Well. Uh, this is a story about my parents uh, back in the day, back in Wilmer, Minnesota. Hometown heroes, right? My parents, they ended up buying a new PC. And uh, <laughs> they were like, I was like 15 or some shit at the time, right? My parents were like, Corey, Corey, come and uh, 
you know, we got this new Dell PC, right? I was wondering if you could hook it up and stuff. And I had never hooked up a fucking PC before, but I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Let's try it. Right. Um, so I started putting it together and plugged in all like the printers and monitor and the old PC tower and shit. Right. You know what I mean? We couldn't afford Macs back then, guys. This is Wilmer, man. There's no, there was no fucking Apple store around that, around those parts. But anyways, uh, it was a nice PC. It was a nice computer for the time, right? But I, I set it up for my parents. And um, let's see. <laughs> what happened? Forgetting what happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I needed to add it like uh, I needed to add like a profile name for my parents. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I should preface this by saying that my mom's name is Marlis. My dad's name is Sheldon, right? And uh, Loven. Our last name is Loven, but it looks like Lovin. People always think it's Lovin. You know, bank tellers love my last name. They always, they always laugh every time I'm at the at the teller at the bank, right? But anyways, um, yeah. So Sheldon and Marlis Loven, right? Anyways, my mom. I, I, I back to the PC story. I told my mom and dad. I was like, yeah. What do you want your uh, account to be called? And then my mom was like, well. Your dad probably won't use this PC. He's not a big computer guy, so let's just make a group account. And then I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. What should we? What do you want to be called? Uh, and then my mom paused for a second. And then she said, well, how about S and M Loven? And uh, <laughs> it's a weird saying a, a joke story when I'm the only one recording this. Uh, cause no one laughs, so <laughs> fucking other than me, man, so this is kind of weird, but, um, envision people laughing and shit, right, I don't know, man. but yeah, 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 but that, that's the story, my, uh, my parents wanted to call it S&M Loven, and, uh, their, their PC account, and, and I was like, ah, <laughs> and then I laughed, and then I was like, I, I don't think that's a good idea uh choose it choose another name and then my dad's blue collar dad sheldon lovin's like yeah what what's wrong with that what's wrong with it right and i was like and that's when i had to describe to my parents what s&m stood for i didn't even know what it was i was like it stands for sadomasochism it involves whips and leather and shit you guys pick pick a new name pick a new name okay uh anyways that's a story title is s&m lovin now you know why i uh have stopped telling people the title before I uh, tell the story because then they kind of already know the ending, right? Okay. Anyways, uh, hope you enjoyed that. There's plenty more where that came from. Anyways, if you haven't record, if you haven't fast forwarded already to to the to the conversation interview today, our guest on the show today is the one and only Ashley Mary, right? Talented, amazing fucking uh, graphic designer, illustrator, artist prop stylist in this episode we talk about yeah prop styling and collage work abstract paintings are in there right some illustration work uh how to contract with studios there's a little bit of that right there's some social media some social media tips in there uh some stuff about product design i learn about what being green is i uh, the, the the term green I didn't know what that was at first we talk about that you know little little insights for you guys and we talk about sign painting and uh, the practice of play and well I'm already seeing too much man so let's uh, let's go to the studio.
<laughs> that yeah, was. It's working. All right. Well. Poltergeist. Thanks for hanging out, Ashley. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Cheers. In our little mugs. Our little mugs. You got a United Way mug here. United Way, super 80s. Yeah, and I got this other... I got this weird mug. Read it out loud, Ashley. Everyone is born left-handed. You turn right-handed after you commit your first sin. Oof, if that isn't the truth, I don't know what is. Now, if anyone can help me (laughs) understand what that even means, I don't even know what it means. I think I've heard various degrees of people saying like, oh... It's about it's a pro lefty mug because because of my old buddy Paul Gaines when I went to the okay. College of Visual Arts this was his mug right oh okay so, so when he left he when he like took off then Sam Anderson and I were like cleaning his room because we were maintenance and you're like we will be taking this and then I'm like we need this mug we need more mugs yeah. why not it's a free mug and then we <laughs> left because we we're like what the hell does this even mean and I love and- that it's in like a kind of a scripty it's kind of a scripty kind of old old English kind of type type treatment going on yeah yeah black letter i guess we would call it <laughs> yeah, right one since we're it's really fun but other people have been like <laughs> oh it's about masturbation oh that's awesome but yes, i don't think let's it is go with that i don't think it is i don't know if it is yeah i think but way more fun you just go with whatever answer is the most fun he gained paul yeah. gains which is like oh that's my lefty mug because he's <laughs> left-handed so that's how we, that's why he got i don't know how he got it but it's my awesome. understanding anyways Okay. I love it. All right. Well, you know. It, Here we are. Thanks for hanging out. It has been a, a long time since, uh, it's been like seven, eight months or something, you know. We tried to In like. In the making. Meet, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. We've tried to meet up for a while now. And uh, you're supposed to be, you were going to be episode eight, not supposed to be. This is yeah. Right? But, uh, and then, you know, family issues on my part. And then, like, and we just couldn't we get both together. Had- crazy schedules yeah and then we all just got busy and you know and then i took some time off and kind of stopped recording for a while yeah but now we're back it needed it's happening when it needed to happen that's true and not a moment sooner yeah this is perfect How, how have you been i've been good um life of a freelancer kind of classic ebb and flow so that's what you're doing currently? Every every day that you ask me, I might yeah. have a different answer. Yeah, um, totally. But, I know. yeah, overall good. I feel the same way. It, well, I always ask this question usually in the beginning. Like, how did we meet? How did we meet? Yes. Um, That's if I ever met them, because sometimes the guests I have not met yet. Yeah. But, but with was the, it design the, camp? We did meet. Um, or was it before design camp? I think it was... I thought I thought it was design camp. Okay, I think it was before that. I think it was um, y- our buddy Nick Sedan. Yeah, he was on like episode two of Tangents, yeah. right? And it, he go back me. and he listen. He beat me to the punch. He beat. <laughs> that's how we right because we ended up going to sign painters. I think it was the sign oh painters gosh. documentary. I totally it was at the Trilon. That. Yes, it was at the Trilon Cinema. We did meet way before Design Camp. Then, well, a couple months before. Yes, we went to that documentary yep. and we met each other in line. Yeah, that was a good show. It was in the summer. It was really or interesting. And yeah. I was just getting into sign painting, and you were. I mean, I I was like kind of just have newly you done introduced stuff. Or? No, no, I just mean I was probably newly introduced to it, like yeah. paying attention to it as an as a design, like aesthetic. Um, totally. And well, at the time, it's a fading profession too. Yeah, absolutely. And at yeah. the time, I was uh, just starting 
or is like halfway through my program at MCAT. So I think I was just, I was almost, how would you say, like putting on a new pair of colored glasses with my life. So when Hmm. you start studying design for the first time, it's like everything all of a sudden changes colors and you start seeing the world in more colors. And I think I just started noticing things in a way that I hadn't before I started studying design. You know, I didn't have language for it. I didn't have anybody like pointing things out to me. And then once I started that program at MCAT, I think I just started noticing those details more because I was studying them. I was having to work on my own little assignments and pay attention to things. And so sign painting, I think was a new concept for me. And I was now noticing it everywhere I went. And there's something about the the analog pursuits, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I love digital too, of course, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something refreshing about just seeing actual painting lettering, you know? Oh, I love, and I love analog design quick uh, rewinding so you studied at mcad minneapolis college um i went back to school later in my 20s and um did their post-bac program and it's called a post-bac certificate in graphic design oh yeah yeah and it's a newer friends that have done that okay yeah it's newer in like probably the last whatever five years let's say the first class was maybe five or six years ago and i was okay i think maybe the third installment of students to go through the program. So each year, okay. I know it just changes. They do different classes. They refine the process, um, yeah. refine what their program looks like. And yeah, I loved it. It was two two full years, nights and weekends. And was it graphic design or illustration? It was or specifically what? graphic design. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you didn't have to be an illustrator. I ended up discovering illustration yeah. in that context myself and, right. and now illustrate. Um, but there's plenty of people who went through the program and that was not how they like chose to express their projects or sure. where their portfolio maybe landed. But well, I think that's the nice thing about graphic design too, is it seems like a very broad field where you can, Absolutely. you can go down any route. That's why there are so many graphic designers. It's like, well, what are you interested in? Do you, right. do you like branding or logos or like identity work or... Uh, that that's all the same. <laughs> yeah. Or like illustration. Illustration, I mean, I, art direction. Yeah. yeah. Web. Web. I what mobile, I loved about all these worlds co- co- collide. You yeah. Know? And that line, but that separation between graphic design and and illustration and fine art, I feel like is completely blurred at this point. I agree, and I and I think um, to your point, out of that yeah. program, I discovered a lot of other things that I was interested in, but never would have had language or context for those things as a career huh. until I went through the process of getting a graphic design education. Yeah. You know, it was like within that program that I discovered this new set of, you know, 50 extra job titles that I didn't even know were a thing until um, I was <laughs> like, kind of exposed like to that. Like what? Like... Um, well, I mean, really, before I went to school for graphic design, I was not in a creative... Yeah job I was I had been painting I've been painting um and selling my artwork since 2008 so that was I was always doing that on the side but it was never like what I was fully doing with my time yeah so once I got introduced to graphic design I I think I discovered the world of art direction and photo shoots and prop styling and illustration and surface pattern work and um production design and all these things I just didn't have words for before. Yeah, and, yeah. And you really don't until you're exposed. And this is also really right. like pre-Instagram creative explosion. Right. So now th- words like 
photo shoot and art direction and prop styling like almost everybody is that i use air quotes you know sure um but before that was really um a thing like social media was really a thing yeah you would only learn those words if you were exposed to the jobs per se yeah you know what i mean right so yes and that's the other thing i feel like art direction it, well, it is a you know synonym derivative of art director, right? So it's yeah. like, and and at least in the world of like graphic design and advertising, it seemed like that was kind of the the corporate ladder was generally you're like an you know you're an intern starting, and then you're like a and maybe a designer, or a junior yeah. designer, and then a senior designer, and then like, and then usually like art director or something yeah. like that, yep. right? That's usually at the top kind mm-hmm. of a thing, right? But I feel like that term is just kind of used in different areas, oh, right? Too. Absolutely. And I think a lot of well, what I see even just happening on social media yeah. is a lot of people kind of claim, claiming that title too, so to speak, as they're sure. putting together, you know, images for their social media platforms or, yeah. you know, if they're doing, you see the word like collaboration a lot more with with creatives um okay and again on social media platforms you see people collaborating and art directing their little photo shoots i I don't say little meaning like in a demeaning way i just mean not a large scale yeah um so it is it's interesting to watch even how the history of that word has changed even in the last five years sure pre-social media boom yeah um to now and that's kind of the world that i've really come into graphic design. Like I almost met graphic design at the same time that I met social media in a way, you know? Sure. Um, I mean, I'm a little older than that, but they kind of started happening at the same time. So my, it's interesting to see how the world of social media has influenced my understanding of graphic design and art direction and all these new roles that I started to learn about in the last five years. Well, how would you describe, Ashley, your, I don't know, what do you do? Elevator pitch. What, yes. Like, I know I know you do a lot of, you know, uh, fine art to a certain extent. Yeah. I don't know if you would yeah. term it that. Illustration. There's certainly styling. Like, what, yeah. do, what do you do? So I freelance um, and have for the last few years. Um, yeah. And that mostly looks like painting. So doing my abstract paintings and, and selling those in shows and retail environments, um, commission work, stuff like that. Sure. Uh, illustration is like a hat I wear. Okay. I do a little bit of just direct design, you know, like somebody's logo or whatever, marketing materials, whatever they Direct might design? Or like, um, or like... Just like graphic just design? Just graphic okay. design, yes. Okay. Okay. Um, like yeah. non-illustrative. Sure. I don't really love doing branding to sure. be honest um but yeah. i sometimes you just gotta do it to pay the bills um and then i also do some freelance prop styling so those are the three uh-huh. things i would say i do the most illustration painting and prop styling what is prop styling yeah what do you what would you i mean i know like it's styling like direction right there is like a certain element yep. of art in direction some, there, in some but cases like, you might be art directing the situation too in some cases you're you're hired as a prop stylist on a set where there already is an art director and they're really informing where you're placing things but a lot of um what i think good prop stylists do um, and i haven't been doing it for very long is you really bring to the shoot everything that's needed to get the vision across so you know if it's a interior design shot if the product is um 
you know, for example, if it's furniture, then how are you creating the environment to make sure that the furniture tells the right story? Um, yeah. If it's food shots, then what's all? what are all the, those kitchen materials you're bringing? Is there a food stylist? If there's not, are you playing that role too? And sure. what are all the things you need to make that picture look really beautiful? Uh, so it, it has to do a lot with, I mean, prop selling is physically the props that you're using on set and the environment that you're okay. creating the props I've never around. heard that term like before, prop styling yeah, specifically. Prop I styling. mean, I've heard of styling and I kind yeah. of just associated that with it. But Yeah, so prop styling would be specific to, yeah, objects kind objects. of exactly what it sounds like. But there are um, folks huh. who focus more on like fashion styling, uh, wardrobe stylists will just focus on bringing wardrobe sure. to set and paying attention to the details that uh, yeah. a model will be wearing, you know, like what are her cuffs look like? What's the jewelry on her? You know, and in each shot, a wardrobe stylist might be really paying, would be really paying attention to the clothes and what they're doing, um, making sure they're not weird and wrinkled or doing funny things. And sure. food stylists will do the same thing, but just for food. Um, and then a prop stylist will really focus on just the props and you know that's yeah. if a big shoot can afford to have all those people on set i've i've definitely worked on shoots where there is a little bit of everybody doing their own thing and owning their own little category um and sometimes the stylist has to play all those roles um, depending sure. on the scale and the budget but yeah yeah i would say i i just do um prop styling i don't typically work with food or wardrobe um okay i i've huh. i have when i've i've needed to but yeah I would rather leave that to the experts in that category. How does it work actually with, with the props and objects? Does the does like the client are they usually like, yeah? So let's say it's like objects and props. Yeah. Do they have the the objects already, or do you need to? Do they give you money to be able to go and yeah. purchase these products, or, or like on rent, or, or how does it work? They have the product that they're you know promoting like whatever their client's product is they'll sure. bring to the shoot but you have to bring everything else so Whoa. um a prop stylist work is a, a lot of manual labor and a lot of like racing around town We're and finding finding, finding things so um that would be called like sourcing your props or pulling them but they give be, you money to be able to purchase those yeah you, or rather you like get reimbursed for them okay. you know okay. um so it's a keeping track of receipts game but okay. you'll run all around town i mean the last shoot yeah. i did uh we needed a lot of kitchen kitchen stuff and i went to i think probably 15 20 different stores and then depending oh, on the budget or what they're keeping and not keeping you end up returning a lot of things too sure depending you know like different shoots need different things but yeah. it's a lot of running around but if you like shopping and you have an eye for exactly what you need it it can be focused you know you like you go to the yeah. store you know exactly what you want and if they don't have it you can leave and it doesn't have to be this really long lingering process but sometimes you need to wait till you're inspired or sure you have to keep hunting to find that white plate they need that's perfect um do you find yourself often going to shops and stores just on your free time just to be able to kind of be aware of like objects of if it's like um, oh this place has a lot of kitchen stuff this place has a lot of home furnishing kind of stuff like how do you question. know where to go um you know? i think under a tight just, deadline i think just because i've been shopping just naturally long enough you kind of end up knowing where to sure. get things and then you you might go to one shop because of one shoot and realize that's a great place and keep it in mind for the sure. next shoot yeah yeah um but Minneapolis isn't the largest place, so we've all got our 
30 places we know to go and we know not to go or you know how the staff works Um, yeah so yeah i think i've just been i'm familiar enough with the shops around town but i love like if people ever recommend recommend a place for a certain thing and asking around the power of asking and inviting people into that with you do you know where i can get a blue fire hydrant people will (laughs) people will like help you out Uh, a lot of amazon searches i've done really really weird internet searches um you get good at it over time i know what keywords to use and uh amazon prime it are you is it usually a short quick turnaround for like or do you usually have some time to be able to collect like the objects and and bring them to the photo or video shoot it's both sometimes it's really tight and it's a couple days and sometimes you have you know a couple weeks to go gather gather your items and squirrel them away and yeah yeah i so i would say right now i probably do like i don't that's maybe the hat i wear the least amount um Mm -hmm. and maybe i do like a shoot a month where i'm prop styling okay yeah Hmm. so i like doing it it's fun. Do you feel like, uh, what range do you kind of, percentage-wise, do you feel like you do a lot of as a freelancer currently? Is that a um, lot of, like, versus, like, styling, illustration, <coughs> and, and your fine art, abstract painting work? Excuse me. I would say right now, and it goes in waves, right now I probably spend my most time painting. Yeah. Um, And then illustration, and then prop styling would be the kind of least sure had i wear the least amount um i would love to do if i could control those percentages more i would probably love to do the illustration a little bit more it's hard to find illustration work um and a lot of what my because i do like run a lot of my own business under my own name sure so ashley mary um a lot of what i can offer or do is kind of on me to create if that makes sense so for example if i want Hmm. um even if i'm not getting illustration work from a client i still have this umbrella under which i can illustrate and sell my own illustrations under my own name you know what i mean like having a shop online um or selling my work to wholesale to shops around town or us um so i think what makes my freelance work unique to me and other people who maybe function like I do is even when you're slow it is really an opportunity to just get your own work done and put it out there into the world and it yeah if you think of it like that then the work's really endless like I can Mm. inevitably forever and ever always be making my own paintings my own illustrations and and that category is really endless too is it cards calendars is it surface design on uh, you know like product um so i need to something i could work on is when i am slow investing my time into those for sure personal during the lulls yeah um but i'm I'm not always the best at that because you have to spend those are times you're not necessarily making money you're just like essentially even spending it right buying yeah yeah you're losing you're losing it you're like making your prints you're or right now i'm going through some i'm producing different uh like textiles that have my work on it sure and that's a lot of money up front to like get samples and then oh yeah build something and pay a seamstress and blah 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 so totally while those projects are endless and the opportunities are endless it's also like a, a part of my business that cost me a lot of money on the front end in order to really like 
see it forward. Sure. I think the initial, I think the initial aspect of it is like costly for the artist, but yeah. it, you know, some personal projects are often the ones that shine the most yeah. because you, there isn't a client that is like directing you to the point of like changing stuff or sacrificing things. Totally. N- not, or not like beating a dead are, horse or something. Yeah, yeah. Not that all clients are making sacrifices, but there is an element of your personal work is just kind of like anything that you want to do and, and you yeah. have the final say. You yeah, know? I agree but, with that. So I do feel like a lot of those projects, although, yeah, work, your personal work, personal projects, some design designers call them passion projects. Yes. Actually. <laughs> I think that's a weird word, but whatever, you know. I, um, yeah. But those are often the ones that I feel like are the strongest for a lot of artists and designers. Yeah. Um, and I think they they give a little bit, to your point, more freedom than the client work can provide. Yeah. yeah. Which also freedom can be like terrifying and daunting just as much as it is like life-giving it's good to have constraints yes yes a lot of time that's what yeah that's what a lot of graphic designers will feel like too will be like i can do anything what what am i gonna do i know know it's like too many choices and then you need to set limitations and constraints on yourself right you know or that's what i find helpful with cases like that yeah it's like um so yesterday i had a really I had just had a pokier day. I woke up and I didn't really have anything that needed to get immediately done. Sure. Now, side note, if I actually like sat down and was more thoughtful about my schedule, I probably did have things that needed to get done. But <laughs> yeah. the feeling I had in the morning was there's not a there's not a ton of to do's today. Yeah. So I wanted I tried to take advantage of the time and like just get some little illustrations done just for myself, like explore some new styles. Um, sure play with some new tools and have some space to do that in the morning and it was so utterly unproductive because my like there wasn't enough there weren't enough constraints there for me like I didn't Mm. I didn't know where to start I was I was like where do do I pick a series do I pick an object that I'm just gonna illustrate a bunch of do I pull an image from online that I'm gonna try to draw it was there were too many options and in the end I just didn't have a lot to show for my time except for like a couple episodes of the kardashians knocked out and like some <laughs> jimmy fallon in there um but i think to like the point of the conversation it's sometimes more pro- i'm more productive if i just put a couple things in place to yeah do with my time so if i'm like hey this morning i'm gonna illustrate and it's gonna be a series around flora flora and fauna you know those that's my topic and then even narrow it down from there i can at least start to produce some things versus like staring at my house trying to think like what should i draw in here what would be interesting (laughs) what's gonna like be useful yeah and then and then that also can be kind of um scary is when you try to make something too useful for yourself um then i think you start to limit your work as well like if it all of a sudden has mm. to sell and be something that's marketable and something that somebody's interested in, yeah, then that's not very freeing either. Yeah, that's true. I, that's interesting. I mean, going back to like, well, and on that note of like products that you've yeah. done and like surfaces design and textile stuff, that, there's a number of projects that you've done, I feel like, that are on your site. Yeah. Um, what about the project, Ashley Mary, in particular, the cosmetic bags? Yeah. How did that project come about? Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Let's start there, yeah. Ashley. Um, how did how did that happen? 
I was I was lucky enough where <laughs> I'll wait for this like plow to go there's by. A, yeah, there's there's st- no snow out there. The street what are they sweeper. Plowing? Yeah, I, you're right. Yeah, it's probably a sweeper. We can hear like I, it was really <laughs> it was probably very like wholesome because there's like a there's a high there's a little elementary school across my house here yeah. and you can hear like little kids like playing and stuff. I hope this mic isn't picking up the little kids. <laughs> But that's more wholesome than like a big, that is big old cute, more cute, big yeah. old car. Okay, let's cut. Let's stop yeah, let's it. Start okay, over. what? Re-ask the question. What was I? What was the question? The cosmetic bags. Yes. Yeah. So a the line way my of, of cosmetic bags that you have at Target, right? Yeah. Yep. So in two thousand um, four, no, two thousand fifteen in the fall, I launched a line of cosmetic bags that were sold at Target under my um, own bit name which is my business name ashley mary yeah uh and how that came about was the beginning of the year of 2015 i was approached by a local company here in minnesota that is a vendor in target so like they work to connect vendors i shouldn't say they are a vendor but they kind of are they work to connect vendors inside of target with the product so they're okay they're responsible for connecting you know like conair to Oh. Target and Conair is the company that oversees most of the cosmetic bag category. Oh, at Target. See, so I just know Conair as like the blow dryer. Blow dryer. Yes, but they same. have they have a lot of different. They yeah. sell a lot of different products. Totally, and they do okay. they do all the cosmetic bags, which I think is a really large category for them. Sure. Um, so if you go to Target and you see like the Orla Kylie um, prints, which are kind of if you know her her is her design work and aesthetic she's got a lot of cosmetic bags there and they do a lot of partnering with her but um basically this company reached out to me um because somebody within the company was familiar with my artwork and at the time i was definitely doing more collage work which was my early probably like the first six years of my right nine years of painting was really um, collage base especially like vintage images collages totally. um, and they just I think saw some potential there so uh, the conversation was really like reaching out those first few conversations were hey is this we love your work is this something you'd be interested in doing would you ever like we think your work could work really well on bags or you know they work with other companies like Nalgene or so they had all these different products in mind that they're like let's can we work with you to test out some and see okay. if it's a good fit? Yeah. And at the time, I was, I'm trying to even remember if I was still in school. I had just graduated. Um, and the world of surface pattern work was very new to me and I was very, very green. Um, but my interest level was there. So, you know, the answer is like, yes, I'm interested. But yeah. I also like know nothing of what we're doing and talking about a little bit. Sure. So, um, we just had a few meetings. Eventually, it turned into sampling some of my pattern, my patterns, and mm. we did that with both the collage work and also um, just some watercolor patterns, some right. things that I was abstract patterns. Yeah, I I use that as an opportunity to kind of say like I'm interested, but I also this is where I want my art to go. I'm not. I'm kind of like phasing out the vintage stuff. Sure. And to be honest, there's so many like liabilities there that I was nervous about with using like essentially somebody else's photography that I collage and that that whole thing kind of made me nervous but I also knew that for my own brand I wanted to start doing more abstract paintings that was where I saw like yeah 
myself just going creatively and where my I'd say creative spirit was craving to go so I used the opportunity with the cosmetic bags to explore that so we looked at a bunch of patterns sampled things and it really was just like one thing led to the other and Ah. all of a sudden I had four patterns made for their bags and that because I was so green I would say that experience well, A, it was a win. I mean, anytime yeah. you can do something for the first time is a win because you walk out of it learning so much. Sure. Um, I learned so much in that experience. Super, super frustrating lessons. Um, super yeah. painful ones. Um, things that you don't even think of doing just to help promote your stuff. Just, mm. the, whole, the whole time, I will say, through that experience, I didn't think it was happening. Like, it was so... In my mind, it was so special that I didn't believe that it was actually going to be a thing. Oh, wow. And and because I was so green, I didn't really, like, understand, like, nope, legally this has to happen. Like, they can't just, like, pull the rug out from under you. So I was in denial. I was like, I will not believe this until it's, like, on the shelves at Target. Sure. Um, So because of this, this weird panic and disbelief I was in, I didn't, like, do any promotion on the front end like i didn't even hmm. tell people it was happening until they were already on the shelves and, and friends were like oh, what's sure. going on like sure. you have you have bags at target and i was like i know i didn't think it was gonna happen <laughs> i didn't think i was so That's um i was so scared of it being pulled out from under me and okay. therefore i didn't want to tell anybody buddy about it and then have to be like oh it didn't really happen sorry sure um so i just i was kind of paralyzed by that yeah and and then when it did happen, I think in hindsight, there's all these things I would have done differently. And especially just from uh-huh. like a production standpoint, like color sampling and how you're preparing files. And mm. um, I think the idea of watercolor and fabric can can be really beautiful when done super well. Yeah. I don't think the translation for my products was as successful as I would have loved it to be mm. because um, it wasn't digitally printed. And uh, mm. so just logistically, some of those things where it's like sure. you're sampling digitally, but you're printing in four color. It's just that sure. whole production world is so not what I'm gifted at and not what I love doing. So that experience can be really frustrating for me. Sure. And um, like ideally, I would have somebody doing those things on my behalf and yeah. helping make sure that things are perfect. But all that to say is it happened. I learned a ton. Um, so that the next time when an opportunity huh. came around, which my next opportunity, my next bigger opportunity was about a, a full calendar year later yeah. when I got to launch some phone cases and yeah, yeah, targets right. as well. I was going to bring that up too. That's that, a, that was a really cool project as well. And that was way more successful from a production standpoint. I was like way more involved. I got to on the front end say like, I don't think this will work. I think this yeah. will work. Um, I got to have more ownership, and I worked with a team that was really great and helpful. And um, how, how did that happen, Ashley? The kind of the same, cases. kind of the same type of conversation. Somebody but reached it was, out. Was it? It was a different company. It was it a different Conair. company. Yep. Okay. It was um, a company like the one. Well, and I wasn't working directly with Conair for the, oh, the cosmetic sure. bags. I was working with the company that worked with Conair. Okay. So again, this was a tech company in Minneapolis, our company in Minneapolis um, that goes by the name of Design Loop. And they are a vendor in the tech category at Target. So um, they reached out and again, kind of just were familiar with my art and saw it having some fun potential on phone cases. Sure. So um, 
very similar, but I was just a little less green there and was able to anticipate some things. And um, that was that was a really positive experience, but still lots of margin for me to learn. Mm, and so each, yeah. I'd say each project, I get a little bit better at the production end of stuff. Yeah. And also knowing where to invite people in who are just better at certain things, huh. you know? Yeah, if you sure. need to like ask Joe to come help you yeah. with colors or whatever, then ask Joe. Sure. Um, so learning to, learning all that kind of stuff, I don't know. I I still feel pretty green to it sometimes, but I. You, you keep yeah. on saying the word green. I think I missed it. Or, oh, did, did I? Did you mention it earlier? What, what do you mean by green? Oh, just like new. Oh. Um, like, <laughs> I, I haven't you know? even heard that phrase before. Have you? Okay. No, um, have no, you not? I haven't. It's like, a, like, a, like you're sprouting from the ground. <laughs> Okay, yeah, makes... yeah, yeah. Like you're, you have no clue what you're doing. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> and truly, I still feel very green to things, but I, I, I think I'm that's rambling. Just, that's just art and design. That's the nature of any creative. I feel like that's the nature yeah. of, of, of any human being. I think is just kind of you know. There's that dumb phrase, "Fake it till you make it." Ashley. Oh, I am I, the queen of that. <laughs> well, I, I think yeah. it's. A, well, I, I think there's a lot of validity there, but I just think it's kind of a. It's frustrating for me just because I really like, I don't know, I just really like humility and stuff. And, 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 and I'm, I'm like frustrated where people would be like, fake it till you make it, Corey. And I'm like, why do I need to, why do I need to fake shit? Why can't I just be myself and, and just be aware and be like, well, learning as I go along, yes. man. You know what I mean? Yes. But going back to an actual business and the, and the entrepreneur kind of business standpoint of it, people want to, you know. If, if they're a client of yours, they want to know that you have experience. Yeah. It's understandable. That's like any, yeah. you know, you want a surgeon to be yeah. able to be experienced and, and have been around for a while. Mm -hmm. Same as an electrician or a yeah. plumber. Yeah, you, you right? trust someone the more they feel confident in the process. And I would say now sure. I've done enough, enough of those, or I've had enough of those opportunities where if given the next one, I almost ask so many questions on the front end that are very production-y that I think it, I can oh, even good. overwhelm the like, client and they might not even be familiar oh, sure. with the question. So it's interesting to see that pendulum swing a little bit. But yeah. um, I would rather ask a million questions and be totally obnoxious and Ooh, then yeah. deliver like kick-ass files yeah. than yeah. six months down the road see a product on a shelf and be like, that's Fuck, the time to do know, it, is, yeah. is, is learn everything up front, right? Yeah. Or, or at least, yeah, if you have a question, ask it. Yeah. I, I feel like when I was younger, like in school and stuff too, there's almost, even in college, you're kind of like worried about like, oh, I don't want to ask a how dumb gonna, question. Yes, how you, you know what I mean? Off? And Yeah, yeah, to other people and, and, and or classmates or colleagues or whatever. And it's just like, whatever, man. That goes back to just... Well, me asking what, I was like, what is a green? Yeah. So like now I'm just kind of <laughs> unabashed at this point that I'll just be, you know, with like design luminaries and shit at some AIGA event and then they'll say some word and I'll be like, what, what is that? What does that mean? You yeah. know what I mean? You know, and it's just like, I, 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 why not? Just yeah. ask it. You know what I mean? Because there's most, in most cases, uh, there's a lot of people in that same room that have no clue what that word meant too you know and right. they have that same question yeah i agree with that yeah so learning as i go for sure um, yeah and grateful for the opportunities to do that that sure. is like a, to me that's like the most incredible part is i got kind of paid to ask some great questions and learn a bunch yeah um so yeah my next question is 
What is the Golden Rule Collective? Oh, yeah. Golden Rule is a shop in Excelsior, Minnesota. Okay. That um, I sell my work at. Kind of simply put, they focus on um, art, a little bit of clothing, accessories, home goods. And okay. I have been kind of with the shop since the beginning. And um, it is run as a collective, so a lot of... A couple of the people who work there um, also get to sell their goods there, and then the the cut of commissions different. And you're, it's just more mm. of a, a family experience to the shop. Um, sure. It's run by Aaron Kate, and my, over the years, my role has changed a little bit. So I'm not physically in the shop as much as I might have been a year ago, but I do still help um, occasionally with some of their design needs or social media design, graphic sure. design needs. Um, website here and there but mostly i'm just kind of get to bring my art to the shop and aaron hangs it up and, and so it functions like kind of where huh. you like it would any other shop you're selling yeah. your art at except that i contribute a little bit more to the shop and i have i have a more of a relationship with aaron kate we've been friends for years so i okay. got to see her start the shop and all the steps that she took to get into this place she is today and golden Rule's beautiful so yeah i get to sell my art there and what kind so there are client of yours but you also sell your fine art there your is it largely yeah. your abstract paintings or like yep. or, or what what do you usually sell there? yeah it's mostly my abstract paintings and i would even like i probably wouldn't even use the word client because i'm not getting mm-hmm. paid for my work there it's like i'm trading sure like i'm doing some design for them in in trade for more of a larger commission when something sells if that makes sense because typically shops will take anywhere from like 30 to 50 percent yeah so my percentage is less there because i trade for some of my other skills and i used to physically work in the shop like once or twice a month but um i just don't do that as much anymore or i don't do that at all anymore but i love going there It's, it's beautiful shop and yes to like finish answering your question i sell my abstract work there and some prints there okay and occasionally i because i love to scavenge for like old cool shit i will also yeah. sell some like vintage home decor in there oh. as well that i just kind of collect over time what is home home decor is home that, decor would be just like any is like furnishings any stuff, no or objects or think no? objects yeah like okay vases little like objects you might just put on a bookshelf um, things like that okay dishes vases yeah yeah where is your do you have a studio currently that Mm -hmm. you work out of yeah i paint out of a studio in arthrop king building um currently i share it with four other ladies and i moved in in october yeah and uh, i guess for those listening northrop is this giant old warehouse that houses yeah. anywhere from like 200 i think to 250 different artists and businesses um predominantly mm-hmm. studio artists but there are businesses there as well yeah um and actually in the next couple months the four of us are breaking up into two groups of two just to get larger spaces and okay our if you come to our studio we are a big room with one tiny window so we're all really craving the sunlight some more <laughs> sure so our new spaces um yeah have better sunlight in them is so it, hopefully is, by art of world i'll be in the new space and is the new space in the north yeah Canada? yep it's actually um just right down the hall i'm okay. on the second floor and yeah. just be moving down the hallway a little bit and that's in uh, Northrop King Building. Is in your studio is in Northeast Minneapolis. Yep, yep. Okay. It's right off Central, uh, very close to like the Spy House. And yeah, Tattersall. I 
I've been to Tattersall. I it's think the best. I got lost there and I couldn't find it for yes, the longest time. Yes, that makes time. sense. Because I like parked somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. You know, Apple it's Maps hidden. told me someplace and then like. Well, and they do have a sign, that, but I was driving, like, the other direction down Central, yeah. and I couldn't, like, find it. Well, and like, Thorpe is such a large building where they are. Yeah. I feel like Thorpe, like, somehow, like, spans across the entire city. It just, like, is so interconnected <laughs> through hallways, like, little hallways. So it's a huge building, <laughs> um, but I'm blocks away from Tattersall. It's very dangerous. <laughs> Well, we should say it. Tattersall is a, what would you term it? It's a whiskey. Uh, it's a distillery. A distillery. Yeah. There, <laughs> there you there, go. There's the word. There it is. Yeah. I'm not a big, like, whiskey drink. I'm more of a beer guy, They actually. do make a lot of different alcohols, though, besides whiskey. They? they have, like, gin, oh, aquavit. Okay. I think they do their own vodka. See, I, I just can't handle much liquor in general. Okay. They call me Cora Two Beers. Okay. <laughs> that's your nickname, Cora That's two my beers. nickname, yeah, yeah. It yeah. flows off the tongue really well. I think that's my handle. <laughs> Cora Two Beers Loven on, on Snapchat. <laughs> Might be on Tinder. Is I don't it know. really? I don't know. It, yeah, yeah. So that is a thing for you. Yeah, yeah. People used to call me that in like college because I could only handle... Super lightweight. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, party's over. I'm getting bigger <laughs> now, actually. I've been eating a lot of lasagnas. A lot of pastas, uh, huh? Well, it's high. The, the winter months, I don't out get of, as much yes. exercise. You're yeah. coming out of hibernation mode. Right. So we all have a lot of extra lasagna on our <laughs> tummies. <laughs> That's true. Uh, let's see here. I'm looking at a lot of other questions. We've had a lot of topics. I feel like I'm rambling, so I hope you have can this, make sense this of something. Is, no, out of this, this is you're not okay. rambling. This is great. This I is have a, a lot of filler words. These are very words. smooth transitions, okay. which is I feel rare. I need to control my usage of the word so. I'll go hog wild with that word. I'll say it like every other every other sentence. So you need to like <laughs> hog wild. Where are uh, you from? Are you, you need you? to like push one of those fog horns every time I do it because I'm hearing me say it and it's driving me say insane. Are you from here? Were you born in Minnesota? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you just said hog wild and it just, it, I sounded, I assumed Hog like, wild. I thought, I thought, I was like, you from the south or something, <laughs> Ashley? No, I just have a slew of really cool phrases right. I like to pull out. Right. That, that's, <laughs> hey, that's good. Well, you've done... A lot of freelance. Where are some places that you worked at in the past? Mm -hmm. I mean, have you done? Have you worked at other design studios, or is it more? Good question. Anything and everything, or did you kind of just get just do start doing freelance right away? I I started doing it right away. Um, yeah. But I did contract at Knock right. for probably like a a year of that, and then my contract turned into freelance there. Oh sure. Um, so I freelanced there for maybe total of two years and this is a knock is a design studio agency yeah. in, in town in minneapolis right? yeah and they have a sister company called treat and company which i also yeah. freelanced for um now treat, what did they do treat is more illustration and product design focused than oh. knock is they they okay. make a, they make a lot of their own products and then they also work with clients to help make make products from scratch or just make them beautiful um, okay so they do a lot of pattern work as well yeah and just way more illustration based work than than what knock is doing um sure. so i would work with both of them um but knock but knock more than than treat uh but both are really yeah. really great and just this fall actually i kind of 
um, stepped away from some of my long-term commitments there. So for example, um, at NOC, I worked primarily with like our target home category. So I would help concept and art direct for the signage that would go and target in their home. Oh, okay. Home section, their tableware section. um, Yeah. Bath, a couple other kids like stationary section crafts i should say not stationary um so i focused mostly on that and i would that team's just kind of ever ever going so over time you know there's there's always work coming in as more cycles come in um so in the fall i stepped away from that team Mm -hmm. and just told knock uh hey like if you have prop styling work or illustration work keep me in mind but i want to try to focus more on my painting so you're you're catching me at a new a new life stage of my freelance like a new season of my freelance where i'm really um like going to my studio most days painting most days uh, and kind of owning that side of my business more which is really really exciting but also horrifying because the income is just way less steady and you have to be a lot more creative but i think i think it's forcing me to be creative in some good ways yeah. Uh, but yeah so that's kind of that's where i've been in the past and i wouldn't i'm not opposed to working again with an agency at all i would probably love it i just want to make sure that the projects um like don't last forever you you know like sure. have a clear beginning and end if that's a couple sure. weeks or a couple months um but i think if i were to commit to anything more than a couple months then it just starts to take away from the painting and the opportunities that can come with painting and so i'm trying to leave enough margin in my day-to-day schedule Mm -hmm. to always come back to painting and make sure that most of my practice is rooted in that and that um, you just leave room in your schedule to say yes to that thing that comes Hmm. comes along sure where before when i would say yes it would have to be like you just have to make sure it can work with the rest of your other commitments you've already kind of signed off on so right interesting times here how (laughs) um i was gonna ask something and then i just forgot uh this happens yes it it might happen um painting leaving room in my schedule that was it well with with your paintings currently Mm -hmm. i i do see a progression because the first time i was exposed to your work was years ago i think and 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 i was more familiar with seen more of your collage work yeah. and like vintage mm-hmm. work and and you at like art fairs and stuff doing a lot of those selling your work and and now it does seem like there are you are doing a lot more painting is it is a medium acrylic how what do you usually is it usually acrylic on canvas yeah it's usually acrylic on canvas or wood panel okay um, and i primarily use a palette knife and um what that means i guess for my work is that it's yeah. usually really thick and textured um yeah i you know, I'm generous with my, my, my paint portions. So things in person are really, I think my work's more fun to see in person because you can't see any of that dimension in a, in a photo really. Sure. Um, but they're yeah. usually like really that's, that's gooey and dimensional and you kind of want to like touch them. I have had some people say they want to lick my artwork, which <laughs> is so cool. They can't actually do it, but I love the sentiment. Um, but right. I think they kind of evoke that sense of like, I want to touch this. I want to interact with it. And it's yeah. typically, um, for anyone that's not familiar, my work is usually really colorful, yeah. really playful. I use a lot of 
really basic, simple shapes um, that just evoke a sense of playfulness, whimsy. Um, yeah. I think in some cases, nostalgia for people. I think somebody called my work like they referenced the 80s with it the other day like some oh. of my noodle shapes reminded them well, of the 80s which I, I i love i'm like they remind people have called my work like gummy worms or <laughs> candy it reminds them of candy all, all these things i mean i i take <laughs> as compliments because those yeah. are some of my favorite things in life good things um yes all good things that yeah. have like good energy around them like yeah. if you think my work looks like gummy worms like that's a win for me because <laughs> gummy worms are the bomb so uh that that's my work it's kind of just a hot mess i'm not a perfectionist i i think um for me the idea of well the idea of perfection is arbitrary but um yeah I don't try to make perfect lines or um, there, there's, um, I'm trying to like set this up. Um, I don't, my work's more playful than it is about perfection. It's more about the process of playing within making the piece and hmm. um, leaving those little subtle nuances and inconsistencies to a shape or a color there because that's to me what makes it successful. Um, sure. Versus I think you could see a, a painting in a similar style of mine and the lines might be more crisp or, you know, like there just might be some more consistencies. I, I try not to get hung up in that because that's not the, the energy and the essence of what I'm trying to make. I want it to mm. be carefree and yeah. I want those kind of like vibes to stay within it. So I'm trying to yeah. always constantly work on the practice of play and make sure that that's kind of what my work is rooted in. I think it's certainly, yeah, I love it, your work, and, and and the abstract stuff, too. Usually I don't see tons of abstract kind of artwork and stuff like that. I, I, don't, I usually don't vibe towards it as much just because, um, well, I don't know, I really like, like, concept-driven, like, yeah. design and, yep. and, and, and stuff, too, and I like illustrations, and usually, I, I don't know, usually it's more literal kind of stuff, too, to a certain extent, but, yeah. but it's exciting to see... Uh, I, when I look at your abstract paintings, I do get that vibe that it, there's a very textural aspect to it uh, and very colorful. Like, how, I guess my question, Ashley, is what drew you to, do you feel like it was a simple progression from your collage work to, like, amalgamation into, yeah. like, more more of your acrylic work? Or, like, did you just do, like, one painting and you're like, that was really fun, I'm going to try that again? Or do you feel like... Do you feel like even your time at Knock certainly influenced, um, as to a certain extent, that that goes back more so maybe to the prop styling and yeah. stuff like that. But like, so these are multiple questions. No, oh, boy. I I understand your. I understand the question though. So I'm like pulling up my Instagram. Uh, I, I'm glad you do because I don't remember my question. Um, I, I'm pulling it up because I think yeah. if you were to take my work and like put it on a little timeline and like each piece is on a little timeline till the very end yeah. of the most recent piece I made. Right. Uh, they're a look very different, the collage to like my current stuff, but I think there's sure. some definite strong senses. There's themes happening. Yeah. And what I think is most interesting about what is happening right now in my own art is I'm kind of circling back to collage. So when I first did collage, it was yeah. vintage based. You know, you'd see a lot of like old black right. and white images of 
women in bathing suits or whatever. And, and they would, would you, be little you stories. you would cut these out of yep. like old magazines totally. and then just kind of... Exactly. Okay. I would cut them out, glue them on to a painting and sure. have them in their little environment. And then over yeah. time, I started to take those images away and just mess around with the paintings but the whole time my color palette's pretty consistent it's pretty like light and playful and i tend to use the same tones and there's certain colors i don't use consistently um and you know it might start out with like let's just take this as a simple example so when i first started working maybe there were polka dots like within my arrangement and then over time my polka dots have like taken on a new life of their own but they're still there there's still some consistent patterns and shapes but i'm coming back kind of to collage um recently and this time instead of having it be you know a woman placed in a little scene it's really abstract just shapes Right. So my collage is just shapes now. Right. And um, that's been really, really fun for me to explore again because I, I think I have a natural affinity of cutting things out and finding finding a color versus creating it. Because when you're collaging, it's all about the hunt. You know, you're flipping through the pages till you see what you like and what inspires right. you. Yeah. A shape that catches your eye, a tone that, you know, right now I... I um, love the Blue Dot catalog for many reasons, but oh, yeah. a big reason is they have fabulous colors for collaging. So, like, when I get that thing in the mail, <laughs> I'm like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre that thing up. <laughs> and the colors I get to use out of that are so, so fun. Sure. Um, and so I now I kind of I paint and I'll collage and I'll sell the collages, but something mm-hmm. that has been new to my process is I've started to take my collages and paint them okay so i might um for example and i'm just like pulling up my instagram again oh yeah a lar- a really large scale example that i've been doing is i've been making these um really intricate little collages and okay on a sheet of paper and then they're all these oh, shapes sure. kind of puzzled together and then i'm painting them like really large scale okay and in the past, the collage was just the collage. It was its own thing. And now you're yeah. seeing this kind of marriage between that analog process and then bringing that to canvas. Sure. And what's been freeing about that uh, is my painting's done. Like once my collage is done, I know what my painting's going to look like. And it's just a matter of penciling in the marks and painting them sure. and color matching. And it's this little... Um, roadmap to what my painting is going to look like yeah where typically before the i kind of brought collage into my painting process i just paint i mean and i'm truly shooting from the hip and it's like classic like sitting there with your hand on your chin like wondering what you're going to paint and like painting over it nine times until it's what you want it to be sure but with these collage to paintings i can just i've already thought out what it's going to look like it can just yeah play it out at a larger scale and that's been really fun and so i've got this little journal in my studio where all my collages live or i've got a pinned up and okay. um i've i've enjoyed that that's that's brand new for me um another yeah. fun way that's played out that i'm excited to kind of finish is uh, i was in hawaii recently and the beach sure. i stayed on um in the mornings i would walk on and there were seashells and coral and that's like, you know, a thing in Hawaii and it's beautiful. But especially on my beach, it, there were washed up pieces of plastic from like 
I'm sure, like, centuries of washed up plastic. (laughs) And because it's been, like, tossed through the ocean so many times, everything's broken up into little bits. There's there's whole bottles and whole pieces of junk here and there, but for the most part, everything's broken up, little tiny bits. Think, like, you would think sea glass from far away, and then you get up close, and you're like, oh, there's fucking plastic on the beach. (laughs) Sure, But every morning towards the end of my trip, I would um, start to, like, you know, I'm looking down, I'm walking, looking down, and I'd start to notice just these little pieces of plastic sometimes in these lovely little arrangements organically in their little arrangements yeah and one day i was walking and just found this fluorescent orange little bobber and it was the brightest thing on the beach it was is beautiful this fully intact bobber oh man and so i stored it away and as i was walking i just like kind of that that bobber inspired me to just keep picking up more pieces and four mornings later i have like over 200 pieces of plastic in a little bucket in my room and so the plan is i brought those pieces back with me they're the best colors ever i mean you can't even just make these colors up my plastic collection right now is so (laughs) cool looking and they're the weirdest shapes and they're super angular or round or tubes and sometimes you'd find just like a physical object so i've got like a pair of barbie shoes in there i've got a couple lighters a tire combs there's lots of weird shit but the plan is um it's basically like plastic collage fest you know it's all these cut out shapes that i don't have to think about making into shapes they already exist right and i'm gonna photograph them on you know a colored sheet of paper and maybe get a fun drop shadow in there sure photograph them in a bunch of little arrangements and then paint those in a larger scale format and see what i come up with but i love the idea of going super analog yeah to painting and and seeing what the translation looks like because the colors are all my colors anyways right, i mean right. i made sure to kind of um, curate that a little bit when I was picking them out on the beach. Sure. And so they're really fun. I'm excited for that. That's a project I kind of have for spring is to do this little trash series of okay. my plastic bits. But That's good. Yeah. All right. So that is like a long story short of kind of how my work has changed over the last nine years and how there's kind of some themes coming back. Yeah. And I'm sure next year, you know, it'll be an, another new thing. But um, For sure. I think there are threads of commonality between my work from when I started in 2008 to nine. And I'm enjoying watching the natural progression of that and leaving room for yeah. that to happen too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So You always want to progress, I feel like, as an artist and designer, yeah. you know, and uh, try new things. And that's kind of, yeah, I, I feel the same way kind of about like, bands and stuff too i always appreciate bands that try and push the yeah. push the envelope and try new things even though to a certain extent uh i don't know sometimes they lose who, what you yeah, love about them well, right or yeah. arcade fire and i'm thinking of arcade fire in particular because like I, I remember when like neon bible their second record came out and then i was like oh man this is amazing and then the suburbs came out and then i was like I didn't think it could get any yes, better. Yes, yes, totally. And then, but then they came out with, uh, what, what was their last? I don't even remember the name of it. It shows you how much yes. I love that record, Ashley. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they really like, oh, people are going to be sending hate mail for me for getting the Arcade Fire's, you know, fourth record title. But uh, anyways, it, it was really dancey and stuff. And, okay. And it was very different from like kind of the brooding alternative indie rock of yeah. the first three records. You know yeah. what I mean? Even though they would always kind of progress and try new things. It, to that extent, it, it kind of bummed me out because I don't listen yes. to that new record as much. But 
at the same time, I was really happy for them trying new things. I feel like Jack White of the White Stripes, formerly, he, he's really good at doing that, too, of always, like, still having his own sound, but, like, pushing it and trying different kind of genres and stuff, yeah, and, you know? Yeah, and you might... You know, maybe you didn't love that their fourth album as much, but I'm sure they got a lot of new people that loved it too. So That's there's true. like there's something yeah. to be said about like who are the new people that now are experiencing you because you've yeah. altered a little bit. I have I have people that miss my collage work or you know, maybe that's when they were enjoying my work and now it's a little for too sure. abstract for them. Yeah. Um but all the new people that can come and support your work, yeah, I think is is an exciting part of the ch- of allowing yourself to change too is totally the new audiences you get to interact with and yeah i hope people and i want people to change even though i love those old like records and stuff too i think as an artist i think everyone should try and push themselves and, and try different things and try new directions I agree. And, yeah yeah now is the time to do it right yeah who just want to be doing the same thing their entire lives you know? yeah I agree. Even though, like, as an artist or graphic designer, it, it, it maybe all falls under that type of umbrella. Mm-hmm. But there's still so many different styles and aesthetics or concepts or directions that you can pursue. Yeah, and I think... I think to that point when you are... Give yourself to... Ex- give yourself room to change and adapt and morph. You're become... You're ultimately, at the end of the day, you're becoming more yourself. Which is kind of yeah. a beautiful thing, you know. Sure. Like you're you're learning more about what you love or what you hate, um, what you're yeah. good at, what you're not good at, and that whole process of like self refinement, I think, is kind of it's like the gift of the universe, right? Like every yeah. new experience that you have, you're just becoming more. Hopefully, if you're listening to yourself, well, you're becoming more you, and in doing that, right. you're probably just um, you. Hopefully, would just be the best version of yourself. Yeah. And take that into the next thing and the next thing. Um, so I feel I I feel really fortunate to have the freedom to explore new things within my work, and I feel really fortunate to have a community of people that is willing to walk alongside of me as I'm doing that and like sure. cheer me on in my new things. Absolutely. Because um, at the end of the day, I'm becoming more me, and yeah. Not everybody necessarily always gets the space to do that in their in their job. Oh, well, yeah. a lot of people don't. Yeah. Um. So, I feel blessed for that. Well, last question here. Yes. What What's next for you? What's next? What's on the horizon? What are Oof. your hopes and dreams? Well, that's a bold question, Ashley. That you is. Um... You don't need to. <laughs> no, don't feel like you need to answer all that. It's always funny in interviews when somebody's like, "Yeah." I got a question, Kevin Smith or something that like in a lecture, <laughs> right? And then and be like, and then they ask like ten questions in one, you know? Yes. And then it's like, okay, well that was a lot of questions. Okay, rain it in, rain it in. Yeah. Which one did you ask? No. Um, what's I'll, what's next? What's yeah. next? Um, I will say kind of what I hope is next. Yeah. Um, I would love to continue to keep doing more surface design work. And would love to keep collaborating with more people um, yeah. and paint. If I can end my day painting, I would be um, super smitten. Nice. And um, when you're freelance, and I'm sure you you know the realities of this, um, but <laughs> practically what's next is you just hope you can get a job that yeah. can pay your bills um, right. or give you enough to, to save and actually like – move towards the things you want in life whether that's traveling or retirement or whatever totally um so this is one of those weeks where i'm just like 
okay, I need to figure out where my next paycheck's coming from. But long term, I mean, I'm I'm not short on goals. I think I've always been somebody who's very goal oriented. And January 1st is is a hot day for me. I love writing goals <laughs> really? on New Year's Eve. Are you a, I'm are you, total are you a resolutions I'm a person? total resolutions nerd. Okay. I've got like okay. a, a very intense categorical system of which I lay out really? my goals. Really? And, okay. And I totally nerd out on it. And, and it, it is good. truly what like helps me to keep focused at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, and, I th- and I'm a firm believer the more goals you write, the larger your success rate's going to be. Because you're just going to have more goals to achieve. You know what I mean? Sure. And make them tiny. Yeah, so you that have something they can to be move achievable. towards. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've I've, I've got lots of ideas. And it's just a matter of finding the time and ultimately the resources to right. use them. Maybe more resources than time right now. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, I would love to just keep painting and illustrating and hopefully get some fun surface opportunity, surface design opportunities out of that. Um. Cool. So we'll see. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, I think that's good. Gosh, thanks. Thanks for hanging out. That was hearty. That was a hearty conversation. It was pretty smooth. Rambling. Do you think what we talked about is going to be of any interest to anybody? I hope so. I think, yeah, of course. I I think that's the benefit of... Uh, I always worry. I'm like... Of a show like this is just sharing... Yeah. I think there's worth and value in uh, any artist or designer and just hearing about their story, I guess, and and how they got to where they are currently. And just like, I think there's humility in in the sense of, um, I don't know, just going back to that fake it till you make it bullshit where it's just like, we're all just going through highs and lows and this is life, right? Yeah. But like as an artist it's extremely difficult to kind of like financially be able to keep Oof. on pursuing your dreams yes. and stuff like that but it's like i i hope that's the benefit of yeah. of a of a show like this is just hearing other people's i don't know stories experiences right and, yeah. and, and kind of going through it and, and and i hope it's uplifting i think it is yeah yeah it's a really sweet little format to give people to share their stories yeah um and, and to your point like if if it is an of an encouragement to anybody out there that's trying to that's sacrificing a couple like world like yeah. worldly things in order to do something that's a little non-traditional i think that's pretty special that's a pretty special system of support to offer somebody absolutely i think um since like leaving not leaving i mean i was freelancing there but leaving knock in the fall yeah um I just definitely have had so many moments of panic of, did I, am I making the right decision? Am I putting yeah. too many eggs in one basket? Sure. Too many eggs in the painting basket and, um, or, or illustration basket, just any basket. Are there two, like, do I need to have more baskets? <laughs> I'm training in a fucking Easter bunny. And it just, uh, I have to, I sometimes have to verbally remind myself, okay, you, you aren't getting maybe a steady paycheck anymore or like, sure. um, you're not getting this, this, and that perk anymore. But remind yourself, what are all the things you gained today that most other people didn't have because sure. they're nine to five or because they're at an agency? Um, yeah, I got to 
you know, like call my own hours for the day. I got to do what I wanted with my day. I got to say yes or no to any project. Nobody art directed me. Like all these different perks that were special to my day that I would have to give up if I turned around and walked into another agency tomorrow. Which again, there's like a season for working at agencies that's so life-giving, working with a team, like- Yeah, collaborating. Yeah, yeah, getting working with a client that you might never work with on Mm -hmm. your own. Um, For sure. I think those are really special circumstances, but they're just as special as as working on your own in your studio too, on whatever you want. Oh yeah. Well, I I think this is good. Man, we got a lot. Thanks for hanging out. Hey, thank you. Yeah, there you, hey, there you go. Oh, that was fun, huh, guys? Thanks to Ashley Mary, our, our new friend and guest on the show today. Check out her website. It is ashleymary.com. And you should also check out her Instagram. Her handle is ashleymaryart. Uh, yeah, and you can find links to those in the show notes and on Ashley's site as well. Uh, some rad projects. Uh, dig in there. Dig deep. There's a lot of stuff on her site. It's it's, it's cool, man. Uh, so this is Tangents, guys. You can stream this shit on SoundCloud, and you can subscribe on iTunes under the Apple Podcast, the podcast app, right? Uh, let's see what else. Credits and shit here. Theme music. Uh, want yet again our old buddy Yasuki Satsumi from the FreeMusicArchive.org. Thanks to Yasuki and his sentimental music and interlude music uh, yet again our old buddy sheridan fox uh check out his audio and uh music emporium I've, I've never said that word before at uh i don't know if i said it right okay at uh sheridan fox.bandcamp.com and uh well that's it man oh episode nine man N- another one in the can right <laughs> Uh, great. I hope you guys had fun. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, you know, be friendly to each other and love everyone and, you know, don't kill anybody. And, uh, well, we'll we'll see you down the road.